0: Hey my friends, welcome to another episode of Real Live Talk. My name is Duke LaMastra. I'm your host. Thank you so much for taking the time to check out this episode. If you enjoy the content, if it blesses you, encourages you, or adds any value to your day, if you'd consider subscribing, sharing, liking, commenting, leaving a review, of course you can't do all of those things on the platform that you're on, but any of those things would be really helpful to make sure that this channel continues to grow and uh, we get in front of more people. So thank you so, so much again for being here. I'm really excited for you to check out this interview, this conversation with Pastor Josiah Ball. Josiah is a youth director at Encounter Church in North Chai Lai, New York. He's also the author of the book, Authentic You, Living Out the Masterpiece Life. And uh, that book is really going to encourage you in the area of your identity and help you to deeper understand the love of the Father toward you, which will really dr- drastically impact every single aspect of your life. I'd encourage you to check out the book. It's available on Amazon.com. Again, the book is called Authentic You. The author is Josiah Ball. Josiah and I talked a lot about the book. We talked about the identity conversation and the importance of the church being known and recognized today by our love for one another. We also nerded out a little bit and talked about the Marvel Universe, specifically Iron Man <laughs> and Spider-Man and some other things. We talked about music a little bit at the very end. We talked about what it was like uh, life as an Uber driver because we both have experience in that area. Anyway, uh, we had a lot of fun in this episode and got into some stuff that I really believe is going to uh, add some value to your life. So thank you again so much for being here. Now, I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Pastor Josiah Ball. All right, so unfortunately, we lost the first couple of minutes of this podcast interview just due to some glitches with the microphone. So you only missed the introductory stuff, which I actually recovered again in the podcast intro here. So we're all good there. And I had asked Josiah just to share a little bit about himself, about who he is and what he does. And so that's where we're going to jump into this podcast interview.
1: Yeah, I'm a currently youth pastor up in the uh rochester new york area Edson north chile at encounter church new york and i've been i've been on staff for about four years here since 2017 uh under one pastor and then about during the middle of pandemic we had a new pastor come in felt the call of god and now i'm under a new pastor it's been really awesome what god's been doing here through all that um but uh when I first came on staff here, I wasn't a youth pastor. I was an administrator, which is like my weakest thing, but it's like <laughs> a good stepping stone to get and see what I really want to do. So, um, but then uh, they asked me to be youth pastor. I've been doing it for over three years now. Um,
0: all right. So Josh Whippy just told me much better. All right, everybody. Sorry first about thing. that. My, I don't know what was going on with the audio settings, but hopefully everything's back to normal now. First of all, so Josh Whippy, shout out to Josh Whippy. I I think we've already inadvertently mentioned his name like four or five <laughs> times. Was oh, a, there was a there was a there was a joke running. Josh Whippy was going to I don't know how you burn a podcast to the ground, but he was going to burn this podcast to the ground if we didn't mention his name. So I thought that it would be a good idea to just go crazy overboard and just see how many times we could mention his name throughout this podcast. I think that's like I think that would be a good idea. <laughs>
1: just be like randomly throughout it. Be like, yes, I was yeah, like, like... Guy Josh Whippy the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so
0: so when I sat down the road to write this book I started thinking about all the things that Josh Whippy would want to say. Right. And that's that was the that was the inspiration for this book. Right. Um <laughs> no but I, I think I think we're good now Josiah so
1: cool.
0: Let's um I do. I do want to get into uh, just a little bit about about your book. We'll probably jump around a little bit here and there. Okay. But um, so the book "Authentic You: Living Out the Masterpiece Life." Uh, first of all, could you explain just a little bit about what you mean uh, by the masterpiece life? What does that mean? Yeah. To
1: you? So I think uh, if we look at the opposite side of it, I think a lot of people have. I mean, I grew up thinking that I'm nothing but dust, you know, like we're created in the earth. Mm-hmm. And like we're just a yeah. small speck in this world and everything. And that was kind of like how I felt like God really saw his people. Uh, and so I was like, well, I'm really just like, yeah, Jesus loves me, but like God, you know, he just sees me as a small speck created from dust, all all that. And, but if you read the Bible, you see tons of times he's like, Oh, I knew you before you were in mother's room. I crafted you. I created you, and and you're a masterpiece. And you know, and a lot of times, you know, you don't go to like an art gallery. And in the book, I talk about when oh, I went to the cloisters in New York City, and I saw the unicorn tapestries, which are some of my favorite tapestries, and all the little oh. details that were created to create this woven together to create this tapestry. It's like you don't look at it and be like, oh wow, that's that's okay. That's just look at the little parts in it that are just small like you look at the whole entire picture the masterpiece that was created and that's how yeah. that god sees his children sees us as uh, as his masterpiece as he says in in the bible he says you are my masterpiece you know a chosen priest yeah so
0: i love that man because I, I think that so often our concept of humility is that we've got to do that, right? That we've got to look down on ourselves, belittle ourselves. We can't ever, you know, we're not supposed to think highly of ourselves. We, you know, throw this verse around uh, Romans 12, three, not to think of yourself as more highly than you ought to think. But I always tell people like that verse does not say, don't think highly of yourself. It says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. And then it actually goes on to say, but think soberly as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. And so the way that I've, that, that I've, uh, understood that is that I'm not supposed to think of myself outside of the governance of God in my life like I'm not supposed to think of myself be outside of what God has placed within me what God has done for me what God has made available to me but it doesn't mean that I'm supposed to somehow like beat myself up or live with this understanding i mean jesus even said love your neighbor as you love yourself right right and so if we're looking down on ourselves and you know if we're not allowed to think highly of ourselves and and again not in terms of like oh i'm so great i'm better than other no of course not because i think like a true concept a true understanding of your identity um has to be focused it has to be rooted and grounded in the perfection of who god is how good he is but yeah. because he's that good and because he's that beautiful, as you're saying, he doesn't create junk. He only right. creates masterpieces. He only creates, you know, beautiful things. And so, right. um, yeah, man, I love it what you're saying.
1: It's like the same thing. Where it's like it, when you come to the understanding of who you are, you you've won. Understand God more, because when you start to understand how He created you, you understand how good He really is. And then also like that going to what you just said, like love your neighbor as yourself. It's like you have, you have to learn to love yourself before you can really express love. The only way to do that is to understand how God has, sees you. And yeah. you really see yourself as like, oh, I'm nothing but dust or uh, I got to die daily in like a, you know, like, or all these different things that we use to kind of like, you know, whip ourselves over like, Oh, I just sinned. I'm a terrible person. This is why I need God. I'm like, no, you, yeah, we needed Jesus but that, that happened 2000 years ago and, and, it, and it was finished and he's renewing us every single day. And we're kind of understanding of that. And it's like, why, why continue to live in this place of, of just self like deprecation and rather mm. be like, wow, I'm, I'm awesome. Cause God created me that way. And I can love others in that way as well. So that's kind of the gist of the whole entire book. Uh, living out the masterpiece life is living out the understanding that you are a masterpiece.
0: Wow. Um, Josiah, is that something that, and this is just me being curious, um, is that something that came out of like your life in terms of, I don't know, is that something that you've ever struggled with in your life? I, I, I know that you've, uh, you have a really awesome upbringing and spiritual heritage with who your mm-hmm. parents are and, Um, you know, your family and all of that. And, uh, but I'm just wondering, like, because this is something that that I've struggled with a lot in my life, like, especially when I was a teenager and stuff like that, like, really just always being condemned and beating myself up. And even into, like, when I was at Bible college, and even like, in the beginning years of my ministry, just like, constantly feeling like, what I'm doing is not enough, what I'm doing is not good enough. And so, um, I think that that for me, my understanding of, of identity uh, of my identity in Christ and who I am and how God thinks and feels about me, like it kind of came out of this process of, (laughs) of like living through the other side of it. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering what, did, did you ever deal with anything? I mean, I think everybody deals with it to some extent, but was that something that you struggled with or what was your sort of, you know, journey into this understanding
1: of i think that my my struggle and what kind of there's been there was a couple things that kind of helped me realize it more and more um was you know we look at the godhead you know father son holy spirit there's three in one but there's still three right and Mm -hmm. i always was like yeah i love jesus i have a great relationship with jesus i grew up kind of pentecostal uh, so holy spirit and i were pretty close um still are uh but then like god was like this dude that was just angry and Mm. the only only reason god loves me is because of what jesus did so jesus is like the screen between me and god and so if i have a good relationship with jesus god sees me as good but if i screw up that relationship at all like all of a sudden like i'm going to be like have a real crappy life you know wow be like results of that and that was kind of like my understanding and i didn't realize i was thinking that until like maybe like three years ago um Hmm. because like you would you would do something so stupid sin whatever and be like i gotta go read my bible i gotta go in a place of worship i gotta do all this and it became a relationship with god out of um just like i do something bad i gotta go and do all these things to make it better and that was kind of my yeah. struggle with it. And I think when we look at things in the Bible, like in Psalm 46, where it says, Be still and know I'm God, or the story of Martha and Mary, where uh, Martha's running around trying to make things look good for Jesus, and Mary's just sitting at his feet. It's gee, all God really wants for us is to have that kind of uh, just rest in his presence relationship and just listen Mm. to him and and be there rather than like, I got to do A, B and C to get more crowns in heaven. That was something we always said, we got to get more crowns in heaven or, you know, you're building your mansion by your good deeds. And, but I don't see any of that kind of stuff really in the Bible to make us feel that way. I mean, it says live to the, um, live to the standard of your calling. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that comes with more and more understanding of who and whose you are. Uh, But there's no striving, you know, there's, there's no, there's nothing we can do to run from the love of God. So why, why do we have in the Western, mostly in the Western church, we have this mindset of like, God hates us. He's going to smite us. Hollywood always talks about. Oh, god's gonna smite you or i can't go into church or it's gonna burn down like why why has the church in in america created that kind of mindset in hollywood it's it's so dumb rather than like hey this is a place where you belong and like god loves you and and i always say like we're it's not our job to change people it's our job to love people and let the holy spirit mm.
0: wow man yeah i love that you said that uh, it's so learning to live in that place of rest where our confidence is in him and not in our ability to accomplish works and to do things and figure it out and to become Mm -hmm. pleasing to God and all that kind of stuff. Like it really leads to uh, just a, just a really messed up place where we do live under guilt and condemnation and shame and we feel like god's not happy with us unless we're doing you know abcd efg like god's not happy unless i'm doing this if i didn't give him this much time today or you know whatever right. and i think that's such a scheme of the enemy to try to make life in the spirit and walking with jesus as something that's that's just like complicated and tedious and like we're walking on eggshells to make it unenjoyable and i think that we've like I don't know. Like I, I, f- I feel like I sort of grew up with that, and it wasn't something that people taught me. But for one reason or another, that's how I felt, and that's what I right. thought. And I think that that's why a lot of people that grow up in the church get to a certain age, and then they just kind of leave, or the, you know, they like like we see especially like in the sort of young adult age range, like when kids start growing up and going to college and stuff like that. A lot of times they come back to the church because of the like the foundation of what they they learned and what they grew up with. Mm-hmm. But so often there's like this sort of rebellious stage or this phase where people just kind of disappear and just like try something else. And I think that so much of that comes down to just a wrong understanding of the nature of who our Heavenly Father is and how real his love is, how much he loves us. And it's like any time that we are trying to earn something from God that he's already made available to us in the finished works of Christ we're going to mm-hmm. end up in that place of, you know, frustration or shame or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that that's that that's so key is learning to live in that place where, like, in spite of your issues and challenges and faults. And like, of course, we're all wanting to become more like Jesus, but it doesn't come from beating yourself up and like trying to live up to an impossible standard. It comes from looking to him. You know, I think like a lot of our sin issues and challenges and problems in life come because we're so focused on the sin aspect. or We're so focused on what we can't do, as opposed to making it really, really simple and focusing on him. Right. Because when we look at him, we become more like him. And then, you know, holiness and, and all of that is is the result of that.
1: Right.
0: What would you say is sort of like your heart uh, just overall behind this book and what you're wanting people to get out of it and learn from
1: it. Yeah. I think I want people to, it's mostly directed, I think towards church people. I think that uh, anybody can relate to it really all ages. Um, some of my youth have read it and they've been, um, they they loved it. Uh, awesome. Awesome all ages but also all people it definitely has been towards churchy people obviously um and there's some there's some very controversial um sacred cows that I had to slay in it because like it's just there's so much in the church especially that that i really see as more harm especially to our generation where people in my generation are just like leaving the church because their understanding of god is so tainted um yeah. he grew up with either like a fairy godmother god, a god where he's like, gonna like come and make get everything all right or or the god that's like the best friend that's like you know on your side all the time like and and like he is on your side all the time but like the understanding was more like this is god's gonna do favors for me if i do something and i want people to see more of it's like no like he is a father like he's a like, mm. father he's not gonna He's not going to give you a stone when you ask for bread, as it says in Matthew. He's like, he's not going to give you a snake. He's not going to give you all these things that are going to harm when you ask for. It. He's going to give you what you ask for and
0: mm.
1: and what you're seeking. And I think that's really what I want people to come to understand, and um, that that they are when you're in Christ and what was done on the cross and the resurrection. You became a new creation. That you are forgiven, and that word new not mean you were broken and fixed but the old is gone and the new is come and you're it's not comparable to the old you know and well, that's, i think people need people re- see it more as you're broken now you're whole but yeah. that makes you still the same person it's like you crack your iphone screen and you go and take it to the you break i fix store and right. you get a new screen it's like it's brand new uh but as i was saying it's like no that that phone just gets thrown out and you got the iphone two million it's not even exist it's not even comparable to the old phone and that's what that word new really means and i talk about that all in the book um and just you know i there's a uh you you talked about me being a marvel enthusiast um i I see all the (laughs) it a lot of it's it's not super info well
0: Totally in focus, so I, I can't yeah. see everything, but I definitely see a whole bunch of Iron Man behind you, and
1: <laughs> yeah, I, Iron Man is definitely my top favorite superhero, and and not because Bro, it was the most popular one. You know, I I go back so um, before Robert Downey Jr. was Iron Man, there was comic books and TV show, the one season TV show in the nineties that was awesome. Um, but there's a part of my book where I used, uh apart from the Spider-Man homecoming. And there, there's a scene in it at the end of that. And if you haven't seen it, this is a big spoiler because spoiler it's, it's so old. So you should have seen it. Um, yeah. Like I was like, it, whatever. How many years old is 2016? that? 16,
0: seven, 16, mm-hmm.
1: 17, 17. I literally
0: just watched it again the other night uh, with my family. Yeah. I mean, for we, like, we I don't know. Them. The, Fifth or sixth time, probably, but but yeah, (laughs) but yeah, we just watched it the other night.
1: Me and my wife, when we were dating, I was like, "We're going through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe," and we went through it all. We got up to the, we got up to Infinity War, and I put together a whole PowerPoint presentation for her. I'm like, just kind of recapping what just happened, just in case she got lost, because she did. And then uh, now she's, I don't know if she's actually into it, but she she's into it because I am at least. So that's yeah. But there's a part in the in Spider-Man, um, uh, the first uh, Spider-Man with Tom Holland, at the end, kind of where he is under all the rubble, right? And uh, earlier in the movie, Tony Stark tells him who's his mentor. He's like, you know, uh, he says to him like, "Oh, I'm nothing without the suit." And he goes, "If you're nothing without the suit, then you don't, then you don't deserve it, or whatever." Yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's kind of like this like identity shock to him right and then at the end he's under all this building and uh tom holland's character uh peter he's like he's like trying to push it off him right and the picture of the scene he's like it's it's all water coming down on him he's trying to push the building off of him and he's like crying he doesn't think he could do it but then he's like you know come on peter Come on, Peter. Then he like looks and sees his reflection. And then he just starts saying, like, mm-hmm. come on, Spider Man. Come on, Spider Man. Cause he's like the identity wasn't in like what he was wearing or what he was The identity was yeah. in him. And I think that's that's the gist of the book. Like your identity is not you going and reading your Bible every day, you worshiping mm-hmm. how much you worship God or how much you tithe, how much you you uh, do for your community. Your identity is what God says you are. And mm. and that's where you have to like, you know, you're not just I'm not just Josiah Ball anymore, I'm a son of God. You know? And that's yes. That's the message I really want to get across is that. So
0: that's so good. I love that man. Um can you mention maybe like just one of the uh you mentioned that there's some sacred cows in your book that you had to kill. <laughs> could you <laughs> could you mention something?
1: Yeah, let me let me think. Um
0: not, not to give too much of the book away because I want no, people no. To, to check it yeah, out. But.
1: It. Um, oh what what do I say hold on I got I know what it's like you know it's like one of those things that's coming in front of my mind oh yeah no I know I okay I say something along the lines and I kind of live by this if you're living, um, you're you're if you're living life if you're a christian because you don't want to go to hell then your salvation isn't in christ it's in your death and it's mm. kind of like one of those like because well i think a lot of people that's why a lot of people leave the church too is because they've been scared into christianity rather than yes w- welcomed into christianity with a relationship and it's like oh you're gonna you know if you don't love christ like, you know, they did the whole thing like, oh, have you ever stolen out of your mom's purse? Oh, that makes you, that makes you a, a stealer. It makes you, you're a mm-hmm. robber. You know, have you ever told a little white lie? Like, oh, then, then you're a liar. Like, and so like, you're probably going to hell. That That's it. And like, so the only way to say that is to come into the fold and be part of Christianity and follow all these rules. And, and it's like, can we like take hell out of the equation in a way? And this is the sacred cow part in the sense that, like, a lot of people are like, oh, you you don't believe in hell. Like, okay, there's a whole whatever. It's it's not that's not even the question. That's not even the the argument. Mm -hmm. The argument is take this out and just talk about the goodness of God and like all he's done. Like, why do you have to scare people? Be like, oh, you're going to go when you die, heaven or hell. And I used to I used to be that guy. I used to be the guy that, like, taught that. And I was like, that's not why I'm in Christianity at all. Like, I, I could Right. I'm in it because of the relationship I have with God, not because mm.
0: of
1: where I'm going to go when I die. So my salvation is not in where my death, my salvation is in the work of the cross and the resurrection. So
0: it's so good. I, I think that, uh, yeah, I could definitely see a lot of Christians kind of like, like being offended by that because I, I do think that we've put so much emphasis on things that, Like, of course, like hell is a, is a real place. It's a real conversation. Like people, people need to know, but like, I I think that, um, we've definitely done what you said as far as like scaring people, (laughs) scaring people into salvation, like scaring people. And uh, it was definitely like that when I was growing up, you know what I mean? And, but what God has to offer like of like of course like we want we don't want anyone to to go to hell um but I I do think that to focus so heavily on that is really belittling the the message of what Jesus um Jesus came to show us and to make available to us it's relationship with him it's relationship with his father with the God of the universe and when we make it about just like all the the do's and the don'ts, like we're just we're belittling it like in a crazy way and putting people at such a disadvantage. Um, like we've gotta learn, like so I have a I have a friend who said this, and I've I know I've mentioned this on the podcast at least once in the past, but it was a while ago. But I have a friend um who who said to me just as an example for like presenting the gospel to somebody, presenting the, the message of the kingdom to somebody. So the Bible says that uh, the kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, just kind of like having a conversation with somebody. And he's like, so um, would you say that you, you know, just like if I'm talking to you and you're not a saved person, okay. but like, like, would you say that you generally want to do the right things? And of course, like, you know, pretty much everyone's going to say yes to that. Okay. Right. Would you would you say that you in life like that you'd rather have more peace or less peace? Like of course everybody wants peace. Would you say that you want more joy or less? Of course everybody wants more joy. I was like, okay, well, I just described to you the kingdom of God. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And He says there's one way to get there's one way to get to the kingdom is to go through the King. The King's name is Jesus, and it's like this this thing of, you know, what Jesus, what God has to offer people is mm-hmm. so much greater than everything that they've tried to find from the world and from so many different sources and so many different avenues and the different, you know, whatever it is, different addictions, different philosophies, different whatevers. And what God has to offer people is so much, it's just so much more than escape hell when you die. Right. And I, I love that you said that because I think it's so true that so much of the identity of the of the average Christian is, is wrapped up in, in the in the death but here's the thing is like we've already died and our life is hidden with christ in god and as you right. said we are a new creation now which means eternal life has already like started <laughs> like we're we're already we're already there like we're already we're, in that place we're, we're
1: takers of it that's what you know, yeah the divine nature you know and come on i think that's another thing i say is like we like we it never says in the bible like you know your pieces of crap you're you have a divine nature and when Mm -hmm. we act outside of that nature that's when you start the guilt sets in the shame sets in it's like i don't feel right um you know i i have i i I don't feel like i'm in place because like that's not part of your nature that's not who you are you're you you have a divine nature and start acting that when we come to the understanding of that then we start living it out and um, and I think the mindset is a process and there's a lot of debate about um, sanctification of like, is it a process or is that it happened already where you're fully sanctified? And I kind of land in that camp where it's like it happened, but we're coming with the renewing of our mind. We're coming to the understanding of what that is. Mm-hmm. as we grow Yeah. Because the Bible talks a lot about maturing with like going from milk to meat. Um, and, you know, you were young, then you were, you know, youth and you're, old and like for sure and it, it talks about the maturing and understanding of it and um it's like when you when you're when you're a baby you need help eating pooping peeing crawling and then you yeah you walk and then you're a teenager but if we keep going to God in a way where it's like we're still babies we're never gonna mature to the understanding of fully who we are. We're gonna still act like mm this desperate striving people for his love um rather than understanding like oh he totally loves me and that's not like to dismiss like anything but uh in sense of like how you live life but it's 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 supposed to draw you deeper into relationship with god
0: yeah man that's so good that's so good uh, I've, I've changed the subject a little bit and we'll, and we'll go back, but uh, yeah. I found out that something else that you and I have in common is, um, is uh, Uber, Uber driving, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
0: uh, do, do you still, I haven't, uh, I was, uh, I, I did a lot of Uber driving, like up until I was, um, well, basically up until the beginning of the pandemic, when they, when they, they shut us down for like a little while, I don't even know how long yeah. it was shut down. Cause I didn't end up going back to it after that, but um is that something that you're still doing
1: so i it's funny because uh i i was like okay i did it the pandemic happened i didn't do it then i was like i'm gonna get back into it and like first day i go out i i made like 200 bucks like they had like Sweet. some sort of you know like they have like deals that go on like oh if you do this many in this many hours like you can get like an extra yeah. on you. that happened to me and i had no idea and i don't it's awesome i'm not gonna tell them anything but for some reason it thought I was starting in New York City and so I think that that made it seem I don't know what happened because it was it was a deal that was happening in New York City <laughs> and I got it so um so that's what happens when you tell people you're from New York and they're like oh yeah New York City I was like no they just
0: assume know. yeah
1: <laughs> um and so I really haven't done it much since then like once or twice or three times, because um, I got married. That's not why I haven't done it, but it's just like I don't really want to go out on a Friday night where I want to make the most mm-hmm. money. I want to be with my wife. Um, and recently, I was like, okay, we're gonna need some more money if we want to save our house. I'll get back into it. Then my wife got in a car accident. Um, a deer hit it, which is kind of a blessing in disguise because <laughs> like everybody was okay. But you know, I'm sitting in York eating deer all the time and. Uh, we owed so much on the vehicle, but the vehicle is worth like less than half of that.
0: Mm. And
1: it got totally paid off. And now we're down to one car. Wow. So it's a little more, a little more difficult to go Ubering. Um, we're, we're, we're working with one car for now, but we're in the new year. We're going to be looking and we're in a car. We're in a shortage of everything right now. But so I haven't done it much since, but man, the stories I could tell, you write another book about it.
0: <laughs> well, well, that's kind of why I brought it up because I'm sure there's there's crazy stories because I know I have some crazy stories. Uh, did you do the uh, late night thing when you were when you were out doing it?
1: Oh, I, would, I would go to like 3 a.m. when I first started on like Friday nights and Saturdays. <laughs> and I don't I have a story. I don't know if I wrote it in my book. Um, I wonder if I did. I, I know I was going to, and I might have taken it out for another uh-huh. book. So it's like one of those things, like, did I write it in there? It's not a long book, but it's like, um, but there's a story about I was driving one night. I was going to go home. It was like 2, 2.30 a.m. I was going to go home. I'm driving down this road uh, in Rochester. And all of a sudden, I see this lady. She's like walking down the road, and she's bawling her eyes out. I just feel this prompt to pull over and be like, hey, are you okay? Because that's just kind of the first yeah. thing. Yeah. She's bawling her eyes out, she has this like hoodie on. It's in it's in February, and it's cold up here. And I I was like, what is going on? So I pull over, and she like leans over the window. I'm like, Are you okay? She's yeah. I just got done getting bad words by my uncle, and mm-hmm. I was like, that's weird. I don't know. I don't understand anything. And I said, well, you need to ride somewhere. And she's like, yeah, I need I. Like, can you take me down the road uh, to this this road in Rochester? I'm like, sure. She gets in my car, and instantly I figured it out that this lady is a prostitute, and so mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm freaking out because I'm like, I'd hope no cop sees me right now. How are they gonna believe? Like, oh, I was just taking this lady who's half dressed, crying on the side yeah. of the road to a place she needs to go. I'm not picking up a prostitute for real. Uh, and I don't know. Yeah. Was, I don't know. <laughs> no cop's gonna believe that. And, no,
0: um, and it's crazy because that those are the kind of situations that like I've like I've uh, not not exactly that, but I found myself in different situations a, a handful of times. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, like, what is this going to look like? Right. This is not going to look right. Because, yeah. Anyway, keep going.
1: So so we're driving on the road and she starts bawling. And I don't I don't know if it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit just, you know just me being there i'm not doing anything i'm just i'm gonna take you to where you need to go and she started bawling and she goes please don't judge me you know what i do for a living And like honestly i i probably know like less than half of what you do for a living and i i, I felt prompted to be like hey can i pray for you um mm-hmm. without laying hands on her of course because you never know um how much that would cost i don't know why i said that yeah. um yeah <laughs> Uh, she, she 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 declined and she, I, I dropped her off and she went off and I just I prayed for her and I, you know I think that was like one of the first times she probably had she was next to a guy that just didn't want to abuse her but just help her and mm. that's what I like to think at least and but it was yeah. really really a, a wake-up call to me It was like wow like there's a lot that happens in just my city and that there's just a lot of evil that could you know be helped in some way i don't know if i could do it but i'm aware of it and i know what to pray for now but that was i didn't even you know it wasn't it's an uber story kind of but it wasn't like i uh you know she didn't uber i just i, I picked her up on the side of the road so
0: yeah <laughs> yeah man it's uh oh, it's so crazy like um i it's funny because i i started I started getting into the Uber thing here in my city. Like it was kind of late. Like Uber, uh, I'm in Mobile, Alabama, and it's not like a you know large city, and so it, Uber, you know, wasn't here. I'm sure as right. early as it was in like New York and other places. Yeah. So when it when it started here, and I don't even remember when this was. I I got in on it pretty early, but like it was hardly you, you would have to like wait around for long periods of time. like get rides and stuff like that it wasn't like constant you know constantly getting rides and stuff like today especially if you go out on like a Friday night Saturday night and I used to do the same thing like I'd be out till three in the morning sometimes it was like annoying too because I would do that on Saturday nights and I'd be out till like you know two three in the morning and then like getting up to like preach the next morning and (laughs) stuff like that so there was that aspect of it but you definitely find yourself in the middle of people man that are just broken and you know typically when you're out on the weekends and you know later at night you're picking up a lot of people that are drunk or they're you know loaded on something and it's just crazy like how you can get into conversations with people and have the opportunity to speak into their lives but like I I remember like being out there in some of those early days and just kind of sitting in my car and waiting. And a lot of times I'd have my Bible with me or I'd have a book or I'd be like writing or I'd be yeah. just working on some other kind of project or whatever. And it was in that period of time that God began to really speak to me. And I remember specifically going through this, this thing of God showing me the difference between Love and fear between being motivated by fear and being motivated by love and, Mm -hmm. you know, fear not being this thing of like, oh, I'm so afraid right now. But fear being this thing that kind of controls the decision, you know, the decisions that you make and the way you treat people and then, you know, approaching situations and circumstances and the work that you do in life and approaching people, most importantly, from a motivation of love. And so like, it was sort of in this process of doing like part-time Uber driving on the side where God started to, um, you know, just kind of show me some things uh, about me and about the way that I was approaching people and uh, teaching me through this of like interactions with people that, you know, you don't know, but maybe you have 20 minutes of time with them in the car. And, uh, And God just showing me like how to just begin to love people where they are and honor people where they are. And it's not like every conversation I was telling people about Jesus, but you know, when those doors open up, when those doors open up just to sort of be you and be real and be authentic. um, And to, you know, in really simple ways to demonstrate the love of God. And, And I thought, I think that that was a really cool aspect of that, of that job. Cause like you're, you're working, but you're completely on your own. Like nobody's watching you and you can kind of do your thing and you can be the kind of person that you want to be. And So I always, you know, I, I kinda, I I kinda shifted eventually from this perspective of like, like, Oh, like I don't want these people in my car and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like I don't want them to mess my car up and you know, whatever to, you know what, like this car, like I can actually use this as, as an instrument, for, to demonstrate, you know, God's goodness. And it might be in like really simple ways or whatever, right. but um, you know, definitely some really cool opportunities to just like put the love of God on display through that.
1: Yeah. Know? Yeah. And there's plenty of times where I've driven people and uh, they tell me like, yeah, my father's sick with leukemia or something. I'm like, okay, I pray for him and what's your dad yeah. saying? And then um, great stories like that. And then there's wild stories and stories where I'm like, praying that this kid doesn't puke in my car because yep well, it's a real thing right? people throw up
0: did that ever happen to you
1: luckily no there was one kid that i thought was it was really going to happen and it was it scared me because i'm like i i can't handle my own so it happened to it happen twice. me twice well,
0: <laughs> not in my current car though it was in uh in a car that i used to have um and but yeah it happened twice both times it wasn't it wasn't real bad like it wasn't i mean it was still puke in my car but it wasn't i've heard some really i'm sure you have too like some really bad stories um but uh it wasn't it wasn't terrible but yeah it happened to me twice right (laughs) it's no fun for sure you get compensated but it's no fun yeah yeah, man, I remember I had a I had an opportunity um, one time and and this uh, I'm actually still friends with him. Um, this guy got in my car one night and uh, it was relatively late, was, I but I, I picked him up. It wasn't that I think it was maybe 10 o'clock at night, but I picked him up from the bus station and he had to go a really long way. Um, like it was m- it was more than the two hour drive. Wow. And it was on a Saturday night, like into Sunday. So whatever it was, I didn't get, you know, it was one of those things I didn't get back home till like three in the morning, but it was like a really long drive. And, uh, but like really early into the drive, this, uh, this young man, he started asking me questions and he, I think it started with, he was asking me about, um, a relationship that he was in. Cause, um, somewhere along the line, I think he asked me what I do. I told him I was a pastor. And then like that just opened up doors and he was like really curious all of a sudden he's like oh well you're a pastor what do you think about this and he started telling me about his situation and uh bro within like the first 45 minutes of the trip like (laughs) this young man was um like I'd led him to the Lord um he had gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and like I was and God just like opened up the door for me to speak into his life and to like you know I was like speaking like a prophetic word over him and like different things like that and like, like that was, uh, I, I was just thinking back on that experience and I was like, you know what, like, like this is just super cool. Like how God, uh, just opens doors like that, you know?
1: Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I haven't had any like, like that. <clears throat> um, almost the, the longest trip I had was probably like an hour. Um, cause everything's just like, so downtown and, yeah. so, uh, but yeah, I, that is awesome. Like, I hope that happens and hopefully in the new year, I'll be get back into it. Cause in Rochester right now, there's just there's a shortage of Uber drivers, just like there's a shortage of everything else. And I think that's why like the last times I've gone out, it's been like, you pick somebody up and all of a sudden you're driving. And it's like, Oh, there's somebody else that wants to come on. And it's like, you're just nonstop until you're like, okay, I need this. This is my last drive, you know? Um, so it, it's, it is a need here. Um, and you do make good money in it So.
0: Yeah, I I was considering getting back into it for like just like a couple months because this is our season right now. Like when we get into Christmas time and then through January and February, there's something unique about where I live in Mobile, Alabama, is uh, Mardi Gras. Right. So I know like Mardi Gras is usually associated with New Orleans, right. uh, but it actually it actually was it started in in Mobile, um, and uh, New Orleans is such a party town that they took it and they blew it up into something that's like huge Uh, but it's it's a big deal here in mobile and there's all these like mardi gras balls that people go to and parades and all these different things and like so when you get into january february and then uh, we have the the senior bowl in college football is is in mobile too and so that whole week is like really really busy that usually happens at the end of january and so there's just like all there's different events and things like that where this is like the major money-making season but right. <laughs> i don't know man i just i don't think i i don't think i'm gonna actually go through with it and bring myself yeah. back to like just all the stuff that you know like you gotta get the the stuff like get the car reinspected i have to like i've been out of it so long i have to redo the background check and all that kind of no it's not a big deal but i'm just i don't think i'm feeling it but right um but it's definitely like a cool way to make some extra money when you need it for sure.
1: Definitely want to, it's one of those things where it's like for me, I was doing it just to get out of like credit card debt and just everything I made from it just went to that. And yeah, man, it's uh, awesome. So that was kind of why I was doing it. Um, Just cause it's like, Oh, I have nothing to do today. I have no friends to hang out with today. Let's go and just drive around. And it's great.
0: So, so bro, how, um, how deep i want to know how deep does the iron man love go i don't know if you can put words to it or not but
1: uh mad deep i got a (laughs) two here
0: dude yo that's awesome that's a full color too man that's tight
1: i'm a marvel nerd like i got gambit right there dude there's a couple deadpool and iron fist dr strange it's like i got like my top five uh is with iron man uh gambit dr strange iron fist and uh deadpool and spider-man is like six honorary top five um that's just like childhood though you know spider-man's every child's favorite superhero uh so i got all those tatted on me and then um yeah i got i got a lot of stuff a lot of iron man stuff
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking i see several things just behind you but like
1: it goes there's like boom yeah bro all down there authentic helmet
0: iron man's been my favorite for for a long time for a number of years my this is gonna be a spoiler alert if you have not seen end game so you might want to mute this real quick but um my wife laughs at me because like I I can't I can't just like as I love that movie um I can't just watch it like because it hurts my heart (laughs) like like legitimately like I feel like uh, I've seen it so many times. <laughs> but um but I have to I can't just I can't just watch it. Like I have to I have to like be in like a certain kind of a mental state mm-hmm. in order to sit down and watch that movie because it hurts. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> but like all these years you're you're so invested in right. this world and then it's just like Yeah, I taking away um, from you.
1: I was I, I saw the movie twice in theaters I think, which is real low for me um Mm -hmm. in theaters like the first avengers movie i saw 25 times in theaters so that's seriously seriously yeah yo that's crazy (laughs) that's the only that's the only one i didn't see the opening night because we were on a cruise with my family and i was very i was upset the entire cruise because i couldn't see the avengers movie opening night like i saw every single one of them anyways doesn't matter yeah 10 years ago (laughs) ago. still holding on to it i gotta gotta get inner healing and uh (laughs) So I, I went I, the second time I saw it. I saw it with my mom because she wanted to see us. So I went with her. We were in IMAX, and there wasn't many people in the theater. And I'm sitting with my mom. And then when I, when at the end there, when when it happens, there's this girl right in front of us, and she is like snotting and yeah, sh- bro, and the whole row. It's I'm real. Like, Do I actually love Iron Man? Like, cause I'm like, <laughs> he hit me, but like not like this girl, like. Holy moly! I was, I was. It's crazy, man, how people get so like invested in, and wrapped up in it um, to that point where it's like their whole lives are ruined, <laughs> you know. You really so, but yeah, I I love it all. I'm a, I'm a I'm a major nerd, proudly. Yeah, I uh, that
0: that movie was probably one of the greatest like movie going experiences. Uh, ever because there's so many parts in that movie. Like when, when I saw it in theaters, I don't think I saw it. I don't think it was opening day. I think it was like the day after. It was pretty, pretty close, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It, I don't think it was opening day because I don't remember having to like fight people. You know what I mean? Right. Like fight through crowds and wait in long lines and stuff like that. So, but the theater was was still packed. And yeah, man, like people were just like sobbing like all around <laughs> people were right. were like bawling their eyes out and then but also just like the final like fight scene and you know like when when cap finally says avengers assemble and right. stuff like that and like I the know. amount of like cheering that's going on just like the the amount of like right. you know the sort of marvel community and uh the yeah, hype was nobody was awesome
1: there's never been in my experience and i haven't I'm not, i haven't lived that long in a movie where it's like the energy in the room yeah. of just, like excitement and cheering and like my wife hasn't experienced that yet. And I believe this Spider-Man movie coming out, she's going to experience it because it's opening night. Like even though the past movies that came out, like, you know, like Black Widow, like that was her favorite one. And I was pretty upset about that. Like, did you see Black <laughs> Widow?
0: I, I saw Black Widow. Yeah. A couple, uh,
1: I thought it was okay. But anyways, we'll, uh, well, I was
0: let me just say I was super disappointed when I saw it in the movies. And I was like, what's wrong? Like, I did not enjoy it. Right. Um, but then I watched it again. Uh, I guess when it came out on Disney Plus or whatever it was, I watched it again. And I really enjoyed it. So I think I know that there was some problems like in the movie theater I was in like the sound was bad. Um, but I was just, I, I was just, and I actually went out to the lobby and I asked them like, guys, the sound's too low. Can you guys turn it up? And they said they would, but they never did. Right. And so it was a little bit frustrating, but I did not enjoy the movie and I don't know why I couldn't exactly put my finger on it. Um, but when I saw it the second time at home, I was mm-hmm. like, I really liked it. So
1: I should give it a second chance. I've only seen it once and I think it just came out way too late. I think that it was like, one of those things. like, I'm just kind of mm-hmm. over it now. Yeah, and I actually bought it on on Blu Ray. I I buy every single movie in the Marvel mm-hmm. Cinematic Universe, even if I didn't like it. Like, yeah. So, like, I'll tell you what I hated about that movie. They screwed up my favorite villain, Taskmaster. He's kind yeah. of a villain, but he's like, you know, he's a mercenary. You can out-buy him. Mm-hmm. And I I was so upset on how they screwed him up. So okay, well. so yeah. That was that's really what put me over. I was like, I don't. I don't yeah, like I feel you. I, I was pumped when they announced that Taskmaster was gonna be part of it, but Echo is the new character that's happening right now, and she's kind mm-hmm. of like Taskmaster a little bit um, in the comics. So we'll see how they do with her. So yeah, but we uh, yeah. So I stayed up till midnight to buy these Spider-Man tickets, and I don't know if you know, but everything crashed. <laughs> I've never had that kind of experience like
0: okay, I did not know
1: yeah so at midnight when they dropped it was on cyber monday spider monday they called it mm-hmm. and me and my friend garrett uh we stayed up till midnight to buy the tickets and it's like 11 58 cinemark app is working fandango's working We're like, we're gonna get these tickets great great seats at imax and then nothing's working I'm like, what the heck? We're there for like 30, 40 minutes trying to get to buy these tickets. It's like, it's now 1 a.m. He goes home. I'm like, I'm going to wake up every hour on the hour and check this so we can buy these uh tickets. (laughs) 3 a.m. happens. I wake up, go. It's still crashed. 4 a.m. I go on. The entire theater, besides the first two front rows of the IMAX, which nobody wants, sold out. Right. I was so devastated. And, like, we could have went to a different time, but, like, I don't want to see it, like, I want to see it early where there's not going to be any spoilers, you know? Yeah. Um. So I wanted to see it at the earliest IMAX showing I could. So we ended up going to, we, we found tickets at 5 p.m. one on the opening day. But it's it's so different now because back in the day when you go to opening nights, you had to get there like three hours early to stand in the front of the line to get the best seats. Yeah. Um, and your reserve seats. So it's it's great. So, and yeah. opening night was at midnight, so they changed that all. Now it's like, oh yeah, the movie comes out December seventeenth, but it's actually we're seeing it at five p.m. on the sixteenth. It's, it's weird, but yeah, it's awesome though. Yeah,
0: super cool. Um, just to remind everybody that this podcast episode is brought to you by Josh Whippy. Yes, um, I've not mentioned Josh Whippy in, in a little bit here. So just we gotta we just gotta remind everybody, Josh Whippy made this episode possible. He connected uh, me and Josiah together. So. <laughs> so shout out to Josh Whippy. There you go, buddy. There's your there's your mentions. But um, uh, yeah, man. Let's 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 jump jump back. What what are you? What's something that you could tell me? I love the the name of your church, Encounter Church. It's super mm-hmm. cool. Uh, what could you what could you tell me? Just uh, a little bit about about your church. Like what kind what kind of church is it? What's sort of your vision heart for people and yeah. uh, for the city that you're in?
1: Yeah. So uh, we used to be. Uh, we've only been Encounter Church for just over a year now. We switched the name in okay. September of 2020, and okay. cool, uh, we ended up. So the new we had a new pastor come in. We used to be called New Hope Community Church in North Chillicothe, and new pastor came in. He had the his name is Zach Wexler. He had the call of God. He had a dream to come from Vegas, a church that he planted ten years ago, um, also called Encounter Church to come over here and help this church out, um, build upon the foundation that was built and very apostolic. And the only reason like he'd move out here is if it was the call of God on his life, because nobody wants to, I mean, they're, they're they have like five kids. They all grew up in Vegas and they all moved here together and totally the call of God. And the fruit of that has been, they came in the middle of the pandemic in June of 2020 um, we opened the doors the week after, cause we closed them for like, I think a month or two, um, and just did online, like everybody else, we opened the doors. Um, we didn't really restrict masks, uh, but we ended up saying like, Hey, you know, if you're up out of the seats, wear a mask, did that about a month. Then we're like, okay, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. We had these stickers and everything. And then, but our church went from a hundred, in 60 people on average to over 300 on average now wow. and wow and awesome. that's just i think i think out of the obedience of god through our pastor and like what he and just coming over here and being like i feel like god's calling me here he had a dream about it we weren't even looking for somebody and then the old, old pastor is one of my good friends uh yeah he's a really good friend steve hogan they felt like they were their time was to step down so it was like all like God was just working something out mm. and the heart of the church is exactly in the name that people come and encounter God. Like that's the main yeah. priority uh, is that on Sundays we prioritize the presence, prioritize the presence mm. is the main thing. Um, that's why we gather together. It's not always about the message. It's not always about, it's like, are we experiencing and encountering God? Cause when you encounter the love of God, it everything changes. So that's the heartbeat of mm. the church. It's awesome. Yeah, I love
0: that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I think I think it's something that um, I heard Bill Johnson say a while back, that, you know, so often we we come to a church, we come to a church meeting or something. And, you know, we can sort of, uh, you know, camp around a good sermon, or, you know, a good worship, you know, good worship atmosphere or something like that. But, um, you know, what if we learned how to really just kind of camp around the presence of God and not that sermons and those things are not important and they're not you know of course it's it's all part of it but but yeah I think um, learning to shift our focus to um, to encountering God because I mean ultimately like a, a, a good a good sermon can help somebody grow can help somebody learn new things and stuff like that but the real life changing stuff happens when somebody has an encounter with god i mean you could be we've we've we all know people like this and we've i'm, I'm sure you have as i have had experiences in my own life like you could be going to church and reading your bible and doing the things that you're supposed to do for five years right. 20 years you know whatever and then you have an encounter with god where God moves on your heart, where his love is revealed to you in a new way or whatever it is. But when you when you actually have an encounter with God, everything can shift yep. in a moment. yep You know. And, you know, it's that it's that place of getting to know him more. Yeah. Um, of uh, connecting with him, you know, And and I, I talk about this all the time that, you know, studying the studying scripture just for the sake of increasing our knowledge, you know, leads to the mindset of a Pharisee essentially. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, as Jesus said, said as Jesus said to the Pharisees in John chapter five, he's like, you know, you search these scriptures because in them, you think you have eternal life. These are they which testify of me, but you're not willing to come to me that you may have life.
1: Right. And so
0: ultimately everything that we do should be pointing us to him, should be pointing right. us to the person of Jesus Christ right. so that we can have a deeper encounter with him. Because that's where, you know, real change and transformation actually happens. So I think that that's such a big part of who we need to be as ministers, as believers, as churches, is to help people to, or almost like to facilitate people in having an encounter with God and actually connecting with God in a personal way. Right. So I love that.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, that's that's really what we're after here is and like even when we you know on Sundays it's like worship can go for like 45 50 minutes sometimes it goes like an over an hour and and then pastor has to like shorten his message you know we all had those times it was like oh now we only have like 10 minutes to preach a 20 minute message 30 minute message and um but it's it's the the encounters that people walk away with that they take into the week and uh learning how to experience God in that way. Like I still remember times when I was a teenager experiencing God in that kind of way, like, and going to church camp or going to um, just being in the second row of my church I grew up in, um, encountering God in a huge way where he became real to me. You know, it's like, he was always real, but he became real, you know, um, with an emphasis on the real. And
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: And that like, I remember clearly like everything about that moment. Um, and I think that that's, what's important you know, I could, you know, it could be a three point message in a poem and you don't get anything out of it, you know? And I think that, th- that so I love the vision that they brought here. And when they came, it was like, okay, what are we going to call the church? Like, do we want to keep the name new hope or do we want to change it? I'm like, listen, like the name encounter, you guys have over there i said obviously they they have good relationship with the church over there still in vegas and so they'll go there like three times a year to speak and Mm. because it's just a relationship he's an apostle he's he oversees um there's like kind of a network of churches now um, under the encounter movement and he uh zach he'll you know, I was like, this is kind of just a heartbeat of what it is. It's what you're bringing. And it's a heartbeat of our church too. Like that's what we are. We had in our vision statement. Um Or, or we quoted encountering God's love changes everything. Like it's a part of, it's already part of our DNA. Let's mm. just make yeah. it in our church. And so I think that's what happened. We switched to that. And yeah, it's been pretty, pretty awesome. Like since like, and it's it's been a year and a half since they moved here and, things are just booming. We're doing, uh, we just started our building campaign. We have a whole shell that's empty and it's supposed to see like 800, 900 people. And back in early 2000s, they were growing as a church. Something happened as it does. And the church went down to like a hundred. I wasn't a part of it. I just know stories. Mm -hmm. And, but there's been faithful people that have been pouring into it since then. And it's been growing and God's been moving and now we're building it. So, yeah,
0: that's awesome, man. Yeah. How did you get connected with uh, this church back when it was New Hope?
1: So I was going to a different church. Um, I was helping their youth ministry, and at the time, um, I was I was actually um, I was actually married before my wife now, and we were attending this church um, down the road from where we are now, and we had friends coming here. And they invited us and I grew up pretty Pentecostal, the church I was attending. uh, They have charismatic roots, um, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like expressive in their teaching, I guess. (laughs) And so it was always a part of me, but it kind of was muted a little bit being a part of there. And she wanted to come here. And I was like, I don't really want to go to this church, New Hope. I just don't feel like right about it. And, uh, I felt like I was like, I, I want you to go alone and just check it out. You know, we, we visited a couple times and I said, well, we have there is great. You're on worship. I'm doing youth stuff. Like we're, we're great at this church. Why do we need to go to that church? So one Sunday I came alone with my friend who was here. I didn't come with her. Mm-hmm. And I, the message that was spoke was by, um, a lady named Joy Hogan, who was the uh, pastor's uh, wife she was an associate mm-hmm. pastor with him and he she spoke a message on um, going back to your roots and she's actually an elam person and i'm like uh, for me i'm like that's the last thing i want to do is like go back to my, <laughs> go back to my roots of that and nothing gets, nothing against Elon. like i love Elon. my experiences with that it. like i it's my it's in my blood my dad's the president of Elam Fellowship, which is like, yeah, great. You know, like I love, I absolutely love Elam. At the time, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to go back to my roots. God, um, he's like, no, you need to go back to your roots. And this is the whole message was like, go back to the foundation and like grow it. He's like, you yeah. need to go back to your roots, and it's not an Elam church, but go back to your roots. Go back to the the simple things that I've taught you in the past, and let those strengthen. So through that message, I felt like I was saying, okay, it's time to make the shift. So about two months after that, we left the church, came to new hope. And then a month later, my life, you know, crap hit the fan and, Mm. uh, you know, she ended up leaving and I was a disaster and I ended up going back to the other church. And I, and one Sunday, I went to that church in the morning and then to this church and the stark difference of how they treated me was wild. It was almost like I was just another person there. They kind of talked to me about what was going on. But I came here, the pastor, Steve Hogan, he came up and hugged me, said, come up and sit with me. And just like sat there as I cried well, wow. and, and just bawled in his arms. And then like through wow. all that, and I write about this in my book in one of the chapters and through all that, like it just kept me here, you know, and I'm like, I'm just worried. Like my entire ministry is going to be destroyed. Everything is going to be wrecked. Mm. And God's like, and God's like, no, I'm going to pick up the pieces. A prophet came and spoke over me, knew nothing about my situation. He goes, I'm going to pick up the pieces of your ministry, put it back together. You don't worry. Just, you know, walk with me. And three months later, they hire me on as their administrator, which was like wild. I'm like, I'm still like in major pain and recovery and healing from this, Um this this divorce process that's happening and they were like no we want we we believe in you we believe in your ministry we believe you have a call in your Mm -hmm. life and i just i just stuck because of that like they just wrapped me up so that was that's what brought me here so that's what kept me yeah and i love that you
0: said that that that's what that's what kept me um i think that that's such a big deal people have to see that that's what people need to see you know, yeah. we, we talked a second ago about the, about people encountering God, encountering his presence. And that being the, the main, the main thing that we, that we do, that we focus on is people connecting to God. Right. I think that the other side of that is becoming that demonstration of who God is and showing people love. Right. Right. Because like you can get people to come in the door for like a special service or because someone invited you and you want it to be nice. You know what I mean? Like you can get people into the building in a lot of different ways, but for someone to stay in the church, um, there's gotta be that connection there that takes place. Yeah. And uh, you know, where people see people that are real, they are people that are authentic and people that love them. Right. And like, how often is the, the church not known by love, but like by, the things that we don't tolerate, you know what I mean? By the disagreements that we have, by the division that we have, by the, you know, like all these different things that becomes like the things that people, when they think about the church, the Christian church, like these, these things that are related and associated with that, where, you know, what did Jesus say? Like, they'll know that you're my disciples how by your love for one another Right. and learning to express that love. I love that you have that story that the pastor just like, invited you to come up with him and he just showed you love in a time where you felt like, you know, maybe church people were going to condemn you or when you were feeling like broken, when you were feeling like, you know, I'm a young minister and this happened in my life. And maybe you had, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you know, like, like maybe there was some kind of concept from, from your past about like, Oh, the stigma of divorce, you know, the stigma of, of, of a marriage breaking up, you know what I mean? And and feeling like, like, how can I be a minister now? But then people like that, you know, in right. ministry, in that place, just coming alongside of you and building you up and strengthening you and letting you know that, you know, this doesn't change the way that we feel about you because of what right. you're going through. It's so, that's so huge, man. Yeah. And that's it's like, It's got to be about that.
1: Yeah. It, and that's, that's really just like the relationship that, you know, Steve Hogan and I at the time weren't like super close. Um, even though like he was kind of with for like a month at that point. Um, he was my past. We weren't really close but that. You know, he called me every single day, uh, since that event and, uh, nobody's ever done that in my life. Like when I'm going through something like calling, like, Hey, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. Or like was always picked up when I called, if I had like a panic attack or something like because of the situation, uh, I call him and he he picked up, prayed with me. And that was like that solidified like our just relationship and friendship and like you know he we can't go back and we're we're so great. You know, he's not pastoring the church anymore, so now we can be, you know, real good friends because yeah, you know, we had this dynamic of like, you're my pastor, my boss, and one of my best friends now. And it's yep. like and uh, you know, I'm a spiritual mentor and like it's like this weird dynamic. Now it's like now you're not my pastor, you're not my boss. Now we got these, you know, it's pretty. Solid, yeah, but, it's cool. Um, so yeah, it was it was definitely great. And like God just threw that that rough stuff. Uh, God just did awesome things. And my my beautiful wife Abby, she is incredible. Look at her, we got right here. look at that.
0: Abby, shout out to Abby.
1: She, I think she's watching
0: so that's awesome man how long how long ago did you guys get married
1: we got married june uh june 4th this past year oh wow so oh, that's in, awesome congratulations we man half a year the other day so that's awesome yeah and she um we we met online uh that's how they do it these days people meet online and uh which is something i never really wanted to do like hmm but, you know the small pickings around unless you're online you know around here and uh i i really she didn't want to meet anybody that way either it was kind of something we joke about and it's just like why do we meet this way and we look back and it's like wow we were in the same room multiple times though like some christian event was happening and we were both there and like we could have totally met i was a barista I definitely, like, we look back at photos and, like, because you can do that, and saw like, like, I served her drinks at one point, probably, like, when she was <laughs> there, and it's it just, like, it's mind-blowing to think that tons of interactions that we had, and then we met online through a dating app. And, uh, it, it was definitely God. Um, and I had people in my life that were like, yeah, we think you're ready for, to get married again, and um, she's amazing and tons of fun she she's funny. she loves God and she has a beautiful singing voice too. so it's awesome. yeah so she's amazing.
0: Congratulations, man. so Thanks. cool. yeah i love i love uh I love that story man. God's just redemption and restoration yeah. and and all of it so good. yeah um, so. Let's see. So, we, when did you graduate from Elam?
1: 2000. Told
0: me the other day, but
1: yeah, 2014.
0: 2014. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. Man. What did you uh, What did you study? What was your uh, track? Pastoral, there? The
1: pastoral track. Okay. I, I wanted to do so. My whole life, everybody was like, "Oh right, yeah, you're going to do youth ministry." Youth ministry. So I was just like, eh, "Never. I don't want to do youth ministry." You mm-hmm. know, and I was like, I was like kid. Yeah, I. I was like, that's the last thing I want to do is youth ministry. Um, I said, a Young adult pastor, cool, I'll do that. Um, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, and so I didn't do the youth ministry track, and uh, I did pastoral track, and it was great, it was fun. It's fine, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> yeah, the thing, the thing I got out of Elon the most. That was
0: a uh, that was a glowing endorsement I, right there.
1: <laughs> I don't know how to like okay just just think I, just
0: think josiah just think wwjd what would josh would be do wwjwd
1: what would josh would be do yeah there you go yeah i, I feel like W-J-W-D. sometimes like i should have been at elam with like josh and alex and all you guys like like i feel like i'm so connected with all of them in in some way and uh we got um but my best friends, I have my friend Garrett uh, and Drew and Daniel. We were all like roommates at some point together. We all ended up going our separate ways after Elam, still best friends. Uh, you know, and you know we' I was there all at my wedding, but in 2018, Daniel and I decided to be roommates again. Two thousand nineteen Drew moved back here. He he came into our apartment and in two thousand twenty Garrett decided to move back here in the beginning of the pandemic and we were all four of us were living in a house together and for a year during a during a pandemic. And I'm like, this is wild. And like we're like the tightest friends. Yeah, that's so that's what that's the relationships of those guys is what really stuck with me from Elam. It's just like those are just solid relationships you
0: know yeah man that's that's real that's real i I, i've been uh i've been disconnected from like a lot of uh elam people for a while because like after elam i uh, well i was back in new jersey for a year and then i was in mexico for three years and then since then i've been here in in alabama and so it's just like the distance it's just so far away but that's been my favorite thing about doing this podcast has been able being able to reconnect with people and kind of like uh yeah man it's it's just because the the just sort of the the camaraderie that's built when you live with people when you're around people when you kind of go through like people used to say it all the time when i was at elam which is true they used to call it a pressure cooker you know like Mm -hmm. when you're kind of going through that season of life, um, there's just all kinds of things that God is doing. God's like breaking things down and building things up. And right. you know, they talk about, they used to talk, I don't know if they still do this or not, but they used to talk about it was like death, burial, and resurrection, like over and over again, going through the process. Yeah,
1: and uh, times.
0: yeah, it's just like accelerated, yeah. uh, it's an accelerated season of life in so many areas. But you're the people that you're with during that time frame you know, like those relationships really do mean a lot. And they, yeah. and uh, so That's I've, nice. I've really enjoyed reconnecting with, not that I was like totally disconnected, but, right. but not, you know what I mean? Like, like, especially people like Alex and, and Josh Whippy again, yeah, uh, you know, just people and reconnecting with uh, those Elam relationships. It's been, uh, it's been really huge and, and I love it yeah. so much, but yeah. um, yeah, man. So 2014, and after you graduated Elam did you go right into the minute well I know you've been in ministry you were even in ministry while you were at or right like how long have you because uh, I'm pretty sure that I read that you've been in ministry for like 12 years
1: overall at you all know, like mm-hmm. obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. Elam in itself you're in ministry like you're doing like those yeah, for sure. and stuff um going on a couple of missions trips and throughout life my first mission well, I don't know if it was my first one, but overseas mission trips. I was in sixth grade to Brazil. And, and you know, that's just, it's just crazy. So like, I think that just working with like in, in kids church and, and stuff like as a older teenager is real foundational for like what's going to happen in the rest of your life, you know? And uh, when it comes to ministry, it's like, oh, I'm actually like helping teach something now as a 17 year old that mm. is like kind of the foundation to how i will in developing me to who I am today. Um so yeah, right after Elam, I you know there's a thing about Elam where it makes you feel like you need to be in ministry if you go there, uh, especially mm-hmm. if you go for 3 years. And so I was like, "Oh, cool. I'm going to join basic college ministries and Oh, awesome. Cuz I was I was doing so I was doing it helping them out for like two, three years while I was at Elam, I think just the two years, last two years. And then we were in the process of me coming on staff after I graduated. And then it was like support raising. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, I like, like I like the ministry and everything, but yeah. I do not want to support raise. So I was like, can I get a like part-time job and support raise? And they didn't at the time they didn't really like, See that as an option, and so I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go work at a hardware store for a little bit." And and the many little jobs I had I worked at Crossman Airsoft Gun Factory, and I worked at um I worked at a hardware store, and I worked at a movie theater, which is one of my favorite jobs I ever had, and then um. Then I became a barista for five years, and that's the that's a joke. You graduate from Bible school, you become a barista, and <laughs> and so I was that for five years, but still doing ministry within local church, um, youth ministry, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. And uh, so that was that was fun. Yeah.
0: Did you get into the airsoft thing while no. you were working there? You never no, did.
1: That was the worst job I ever had. <laughs> Like, I'm sitting there across from this lady, and I'm like drilling these like screws in this gun, sliding the thing down the assembly line, screwing it in, sliding it down. I'm sitting across. She goes, yeah, I've been in this seat for 30 years. I'm like, I need to leave. I'm not going to be here for 30 years. This is the first temp job I ever had, too. Going through a temp agency, I hated it. I really did. Like It's yeah. like one of those places where it's like you can only get the job if you go through a temp agency. So. Um, I got you. yeah, i I was not a fan of it. and then I worked on Elam campus for a year in their admissions. i I was the guy that went around tried to recruit people to come. It was fun. so yeah <laughs> I, I I did it for the traveling, so I like traveling.
0: Yeah. I know I said this before, but basic um, brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. I believe that that is the greatest like ministry acronym that I've ever heard in my life. I just always have to point that out when someone brings up basic because I think that, yeah. that that's super cool. Yeah, just they over
1: it. When I was there, I was like, we need shirts that say "Basic Bees" on it, like just like just use the basic word in the most like worst way you can, and like this is, this is so basic. I'm like that would be a dope shirt. People would buy it,
0: dude. You're but, so basic.
1: Yeah. I
0: don't know. I. I <laughs> the first thing, probably not. Right. Ultimately a good idea, even right. though.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll cut that. Yeah. Cut that. Cut
0: that. So. You don't have to cut it. That's no, yeah, all good. We that. um, well, bro, thank you, man. I, I've uh, I really enjoyed my time talking to you. I've, yeah, you. I've enjoyed getting to know you like after all this time of being like connected on the fringe, but not really. And right. uh, I've, I've just appreciated you. Appreciate your time. And I'm really excited for people to check out this book. So I'm gonna show it on the screen for anybody watching, just so you can kind of see what it looks like. The book is called "Authentic You: Living Out the Masterpiece Life." You can find it on Amazon.com. Um, it's available in ebook and in paperback, right? Yep. You buy the um, paperback,
1: I get more money though. So.
0: Yeah. So so go for the go for the paperback. <laughs> hey, it's December. It'd be a great uh, great gift for somebody that you know that, um, or for you too, but also, so buy two, buy one for you, buy one for somebody that, you know, that needs maybe just like a little, uh, a little shot in the arm on their identity, just learning more about yeah. who they are in Christ and, and how good God is. Yeah, so good, man. I'm, I'm excited for, for people to check that out. And, uh, for the, the impact that, that God's yeah. going to bring to people through that book. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so thank you, man. Well, let's, uh, let's point some people to, um, your, your, uh, your Instagram and anywhere else that you'd like to point people to where they could, uh, connect with you, check out, um, you know, some of the stuff that you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is at hello. I'm Josiah. Um, it's actually came from my stage name. Hello. I'm Josiah. I did a couple of rap albums. We didn't get to that conversation. Wait, but...
0: wait, what,
1: uh, bro. We... You can't
0: just gloss over that.
1: Hello. I'm Josiah. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, <laughs> My be- I did one album. It's called Metanoia. Okay. Go and check it out. Hello, I'm Josiah. I actually used to rap at, when I was at Elon. We tra- my, my friend Garrett and I, we traveled, opened up for a couple big-name artists, and then we just stopped, and then I decided to do one album. Um, oh, I totally did that wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Hello. let me fix it. I know how to spell.
0: I know how to write words. Hang on.
1: So that's that's there why will. I decided to do that, because at the time I was like, I'm just going to call – I don't want to call myself – I call myself Joe Style, which is a name my youth pastor gave me back in, like, when I was in 10th Your grade. Joe Style, that's great. So I just ran with that when I first started rapping. And I was like, I just want to be Josiah, but there's a lot of Josiahs out there, and I'm like, that sounds weird, so I'm just going to do Hello, I'm Josiah. And we'll, we'll go with that. So you type in Hello, I'm Josiah on Spotify, Apple Music, anything. You can find my album. Metanoia has a couple of explicit words in it, but it's really good. It's not like... It <laughs> has one, one. It's good. It's a good album. It's about the struggle with God and the relationship and stuff. It's kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the book in a way. But it's it was a little bit of my testimony and stuff in the album, but... That's my greatest accomplishment next to my book so far.
0: So that's awesome, dude. I uh, am checking that out as soon as we end our call here.
1: Cool.
0: For real. Um so yeah, bro. I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Are you uh forgot my my follow up question to that? Um well anyway, is, is that your like is, is that your genre of music? Like, is that your favorite genre of music as far as listening and stuff like that too? Or no. what are you into?
1: So I used to listen to a lot of rap, but I'm into hardcore music, um, metal, that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. I'll listen to rap. Like, if something comes out, I like to stay up to date with whatever comes out, um, just to be aware. Like, whatever students are listening to and stuff as well. Um, But what I listen to mostly, I don't know. I came into this point in my life where I was like, I'm not going to listen to worship music at all. And now it's, like, really all I listen to. Uh, is worship music, but then I'll, when I'm working out, it's like straight up metal hardcore music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go to the shows. I went to an August Red yeah. show like like over a month ago now. Maybe two sweet ago, dude. And I thought I was gonna break my leg. We I I'm realizing once you get past I'm twenty I'm turning twenty nine next Monday. Okay. And if I'm not actively working out, I'm gonna hurt myself in a mosh pit. Um, and so I decided to go in the circle pit, mosh pit thing and I jumped up and somebody pushed me and I landed on my leg and it hurt so bad. I had to limp off and it was a good time though. Great time. I love it. (laughs) Love the genre. I love the music. So it it was, I don't know. I love it.
0: I one time saw August Burns Red. This was so long ago, bro. I one time saw them in New Jersey in a roller rink. (laughs) like in a roller rink. And it was like almost like a battle of the bands. There were 10 bands, l- mostly local bands, and then they were headlining. And it was like they had two stages set up on each side of the roller rink. So it was like as soon as one band would finish their set, the other band would start. And so you would like just kind of like run to the other side and you were just back and forth. So it kept it moving, which was pretty cool. But, uh, but that was just one of the f- like sort of, it, it was funny because it was so, it was very like early on. Um, for them, but I just saw August Burns Red at for, I was at Furnace Fest, um, oh, nice. and in Birmingham, and uh, oh man, it was so much fun.
1: Yeah, I actually it was, it was so much fun. Awesome. I hadn't been in
0: that atmosphere in a long time, like I hadn't been to a show um, in a while. I hadn't right. been in a mosh pit in years.
1: Right, that like, was for me. And it was crazy. My wife told me not to get hurt, and or to be careful, and so obviously I didn't listen to her because we just started married be married i gotta learn how to listen to her and i decided to uh go crowd surfing <laughs> and i went yeah. it was the last song and I'm like, oh, i like, got, I gotta do it now so my friends they picked me up put me up but the security they only have one security guy up front he went he caught somebody who went before me put him down and he started walking away i'm up in the air i'm looking down like oh my gosh i am going to die this guy doesn't even see me coming. They're not going to catch me. I'm going to fall, smash my head open. Um, and all of a sudden they're yelling at him like, there's another guy. And he comes running down, and I'm at the edge, and they throw me and he grabs my legs. Luckily, I'm I'm I have like reflexes that are that were working. And yeah. I don't know how much longer they're gonna be working, so I don't know if I can do it again. <laughs> but I ended up twisting and putting my hands like this and landing right on my arms. um, So I didn't break my head, but my arm. (laughs) So So good times. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So So, so definitely recommend those concerts. It really makes you feel alive. It's like a fight club without being a fight club.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. When, when you have the right kind of, when you have the right kind of crowd. Yeah. um, It's awesome. There's, there's nothing like it. Uh, Sometimes you get, you know, you're always gonna have a couple of like knuckleheads that are just you know being dumb, and the, uh, and everyone else there just kind of you know keeps them in check as much as they can. Yeah. You you know I've I've been to some shows where it's just like too many people are just being ridiculous, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, so it's just it's not worth it to be to be up in that mix, but but for the most part, like people are awesome and they protect each other, and yeah. you know there there are a couple times where like at Furnace Fest where I needed. Protect like I needed help, yeah. And people were so good about it. Yeah, just reach out, know I mean?
1: pick you up, be like, "You good?" Yeah. I'm like, yeah get back in the circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a yeah. good community of people. Um, but then you go to like Slipknot, and it's like, "Yo, that dude's carrying a knife in the middle of the mosh pit. What's going on?" Yeah.
0: Like, no. Like, no, thank you. Like, yeah. it's not. This is not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting yeah. out of here. Well, awesome, dude. I'm excited to check out your your rap album. I'm stoked about yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Let me know how it is. How do you think of it? It's it's probably my best my best. I haven't done anything since. I've written stuff but it's like I don't want to really release anything. Um it's just more catharsis for me to write poetry. So What was
0: the time frame on that? Like when did that album come out?
1: That came out in 2018. So um I wrote it out of a place of um healing and uh so that's when it came out and it's still people are still listening to it like we did a spotify rewind and like it's over like 20 something countries have it on their different playlists and it's really cool just to see that it's still like i'm still making money off of it um through streams. that's awesome dude yeah it's pretty so
0: cool, cool. well uh well again i i appreciate it. i i started to wrap this up but then you but then Drop that bomb on me (laughs) and we got, we got to go for it. But, uh, but again, man, I really do appreciate it. And everybody's listening. um, Please check out authentic you it's available on Amazon. Again, I think it'd make uh, just an awesome resource for you, but also a great gift for someone this holiday season. And um, yeah, thank you guys so much for taking the time to check out this episode. If it blessed you or added any value to your day, if you consider again, subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, I'd really, really appreciate it. Josiah, thank you again, man. Again, um, you can check out Josiah on Instagram at hello.imjosiah. What about anybody who's interested in maybe just um, following up on any of the resources that we mentioned, like uh, available through your church, through Encounter Church um, in North Child Is There Like a, a Good Website that they could go to to check that out or a Facebook page or something? Yeah, maybe we have some a link- sermons or whatever.
1: We have a link tree, um, revival.me. They can look up Um, that's cool if you just just type in on your web browser revival.me it'll bring up our link tree or our website is encounterny.com
0: encounterny.com love it um all right brother well thanks again absolutely thanks everybody